In man, creator and created are united. In man, in the material, in the fragment, the surplus, the clay, the mud, the foolishness, the chaos. But in man also is the creator, the sculptor, the wielder of the hammer, the beholder of divinity, the seventh day. Frederick Nietzsche. Welcome to this week's episode of Warfare, Advancement, and Revisionism. My name is Preston Floyd, and as always, I am your host. I'd like to welcome everyone to the first episode of Season 4, and the first episode of 2024. Uh, I am very glad I've been able to get it out uh, today, even though it is going to be later than usual. It will still be out on Monday. Um, I very much needed the break last week. Uh, I was not feeling very well for... <laughs> first uh, couple of days of Christmas and uh, New Year's vacation and all that kind of stuff. So, But I am back and I am feeling much, much better. Um, you may hear some fireworks. Uh, some neighbors uh, still have some surplus from yesterday's uh, festivities. So um, if those go off, I do apologize. I'm going to do my best to edit around that when possible. Uh, but that's not always going to be easy. So... Um, thank you all for listening, of course. I haven't really been keeping track of numbers while I've been gone, and I imagine that there's been a, a drop or two, uh, which is fine. We're just going to have to work back, uh, get back into the swing of things. Um, and to that end, we're going to start Season 4, which will cover uh, 6,000 to 4,000 B.C., or B.C.E., if you prefer. Um. <clears throat> And to start that off, we're going to be talking about pottery, uh, which is something that has, of course, been um, present in human history for, again, around 28, 30,000 years at this point. Um, of course, it was extremely localized, and then uh, other places kind of developed it um, and changed the purposes for it, but um, of course, that's all stuff that we will be covering as we get to it. Um, this, uh, episode is not quite to go over, you know, very much specifics. I just, um, I wanted to kind of talk about kind of some general stuff about pottery. Um, of course, not all of these early uses that I mentioned were strictly practical, or at least, uh, not practical in a way that a modern observer would understand. Of course, with the adoption or invention of pottery by more and more groups, we begin to see more variations in not only forms and functions, but also artistic expression. Uh, these type of facets lend themselves to um, easily applying an identity and tracking evolution and how these items change over time. Now, doing this with a pottery is in many ways easier than with stone tool designs. Uh, again, there's only so many ways you can chip and shape uh, stones. You only have stone, so many stones that you know allow themselves to be used uh, for those type of purposes. Same with bone. Um, now, tying a cultural, linguistic, or racial identity, uh, identity excuse me, to a limited set of artifacts can be dodgy. That's true of pottery. That's true of stone tools. Um, and, of course, pottery can also be easier, um, uh, a, a benefit to using pottery to do those things. However, um, pottery can also be 
easier to trace to points of creation. Uh, and then you can also tell where it was not created, but merely traded and transported, that kind of thing. So uh, it is for these reasons that pottery will become, rightly or wrongly, one of the primary ways to designate peoples and groups uh, for this season. And even after this season, it's going to remain an important uh, part uh, of identifying groups um, even after the historical period begins or where we have like written records or you know that kind of thing um also uh i misspoke uh this is something i forgot to cover at the top uh it's a little bit of feedback from the season finale last time i mentioned that um uh, patagonia was kind of like a mirrored um scandinavia uh and i think i said it did not have uh, the glaciers, it does, although they're not quite as um, universal as the Scandinavian glaciers. I think they're they're a little bit less, um, take, take up a little, slightly bit less of the landscape in terms of percentages. But I may be wrong about that, but I did misspeak. Uh, they, they absolutely have um, some, you know, ice caps and things like that in that region. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and return to talking about uh, pottery. Now, of course, we've already talked about a few sites and cultures where pottery has been kind of in use. Uh, but in going forward into season four, um, we're going to be talking, um, or we're going to see the number of pottery cultures and sites uh, is only going to go up, is only going to increase. So for that reason, I wanted to make sure that we lay things out uh, kind of as clearly as possible. Uh, so, that leads to a few questions that we should answer and define. Uh, first and foremost, what is pottery? Now, um, the American Society for Testing and Materials defines it as all fired ceramic wares that contain clay when formed except technical, structural, and refractory products. Now, this is a very precise definition, and in the past covered a much more narrow range of items uh, than those in the modern world, uh, which today would cover certain types of uh, electrical insulation products and uh, even toilets, technically speaking, or uh, pottery. <clears throat> now, the Encyclopedia Britannica lays it out much simpler, saying that pottery is... Objects made of clay and hardened with heat. So, um, those are two different definitions that technically match each other, but uh, one's a little bit more descriptive, but then one allows us a lot more freedom when talking about artifacts. Now, the next thing we should ask is why pottery is important. And I mean in the sense of what it allowed humans to do that they couldn't do before. Uh, or at least couldn't do as well before. And um, now I've already mentioned uh, about why it's important in their archaeological and historical context. Um, but in terms of practical use and in practical importance, the three most obvious practical uses are for cooking, storage, and transport. Now, humans were obviously cooking food well before the invention of pottery, uh, but it 
does make preparing certain types of meals much easier. Uh, for example, uh, roasting nuts uh, is probably much easier to do with pottery. Uh, if you're not aware, most nuts taste very, very bitter if you're eating them raw. And even if you roast them over a fire, they can still retain bitterness. Now, if you can boil them in water, uh, this releases the tannins and the other bitter uh, bitter uh, components of nuts, uh, and then switch them to another container for more, more boiling, uh, you can repeat this process until the boiling water essentially remains clear, and uh, also bad nuts will rise to the top of the water during this process. So if they're not you know, staying submerged, you know these are bad, you can throw them away or use them for something else. And also, uh, this helps you collect tannins for other purposes. And boiling the water, of course, helps kill germs, which our ancestors didn't know, but it certainly wasn't hurting them. In fact, it was probably helping them. Um, and it also, uh, this kind of process, uh, boiling water and all that kind of thing, it leads to the invention of other types of meal preparation. Things like stews, and of course later pickling, uh, different items uh it of course helps um with the uh creation of beer and wine now of course pickling and fermentation are tied into long-term storage and pottery wasn't the most infallible method for this at least not at first but as um the materials and techniques progress it becomes much more reliable for this purpose and it of course was even still even before we kind of um, make these impenetrable um, uh, pottery uh, pots that uh, are able to kind of retain water or liquids or things like that even before that uh, pottery is still much more useful than a lot of other uh, things that we're using for storage um that being said, of course, uh, short-term storage ceramics, um, you know, again, they're probably immediately more useful than most other techniques that we had developed, or at the very least more efficient. Um, of course, pottery might not be any more durable than a wooden basket or fiber basket or leather bag. It can be placed directly into or near fire to cook. Also, you could reuse pots for longer after cleaning and washing them. Uh, cleaning leather and fiber bags is obviously something you can do, um, but of course they're going to wear down over time, uh, and you could you know, really only wash out wood so much before it rots as well. Though I should point out, uh, again, that early pottery was usually porous enough that liquids would eventually begin to drain or sweat for them, um, so you would have to eat or drink relatively quickly. Of course, again, as this uh, as technology advances, um, you can eventually leave that food for a little bit longer, uh, you know, reheat it, that kind of thing. So uh, as time goes on, that becomes less of a less um, of something you have to worry about. Um, but of course, you don't have to. You can still use pots uh, even before they become waterproof uh, to store things uh, that are not water. Uh, you can keep, who knows, you could keep several ingredients in all, you know, 
you could have a pot just for salt or a pot just for uh, a specific type of herb uh, that you have dried. Um, so, and then you know you find uh, you find a pot that you want to cook in. You just add the water, and again, don't need don't necessarily need it to all stay in there uh, all at once. But um, you could uh, add your water pot to the fire immediately and then throw in whatever ingredients you want from your other containers uh, so you don't have to take all your ingredients out uh, you can just add water to the most suitable pot and throw in whatever you want to add from the other containers cook and you have a you know fairly hearty meal that you eat nice and quick uh, another thing I just kind of thought of uh, with having um, ceramics available uh, for making uh, containers and carriers, you're probably uh, you're probably able to put more um, leather and fiber to use for uh, other things uh, like clothes, footwear, rope, uh, that kind of thing. Not to say you're still not using some of those for you know carrying purposes, basketry, um, you know water skins, but you have more freedom and flexibility in how you want to use your resources with the addition of uh, pottery and ceramics to the human toolkit. Uh, another factor, of course, which this kind of ties into, is uh, is production. Uh, every leather bag, weave basket, etc. has to be made one at a time, and uh, very often the material you can use cannot be recycled in a meaningful way with you know, possibly the exception of leather, you could cut that up in strips. Uh, you can, of course, repair these items, but after a certain point, they can't be fixed uh, any longer. Whereas pottery, you know, you could conceivably break it down, um, possibly reuse clay, or at least use the shards for some other purpose. Sometimes you'll see um, pottery shards uh, thrown into. Um, uh, mittens and you know broken down you can turn them into dust and uh, sometimes I think you could use them for kind of a base uh, for other things things like paint um, you know that kind of thing uh, which you know with pottery you see a rise in art um, being made pretty much everywhere um, also uh, before you fire your pots, you don't necessarily, if you make a mistake, you can, a mistake, excuse me, in creating your pot, you can just rework the clay. If you screw up, um, you know, weaving a basket or making a leather, um, any kind of leather item, um, you can, and people did, make mistakes. So, uh, depending on the mistake, you might not be able to, you know, use the material that you wanted to quite how you want to do before whereas clay you can just reshape it before you fire it <clears throat> um, now at this early stage of course uh, these types of items kind of have to be made uh, all at uh, once um, or uh, excuse me pots have to you know you can make them ahead of time and then you can all fire them at the same time whereas uh, with you know, baskets and things like that, you know, one person might be able to make one, um, you know, but it has to be done 
you know, one after the other. You can't have a group of people working on pots and making them, uh, you know, shaping them, uh, making sure that they're um, suitable for carrying whatever that you need it for. You can have several people working on them at once, but then you just need to have one person keep an eye on them for firing them. Uh, so, you know, that allows other people to kind of uh, leave the leave that process, that point of the process. Uh, whereas everyone, you know, if you have multiple people making bags, you know, some people are going to work faster than others. Um, uh, so, uh, this allows a little bit more uh, time uh, to be used a little bit more efficiently. Or it may have allowed just for more free time. Uh, I'm sure that that was very something that was very useful. Um, instead of having to sit around and sew you know, bags hours after hours or clothes hours after hours. Um, or not, not clothes, excuse me, yeah, bags or carrying things. Uh, you, you, know, you make your pot, you shape it, you have it ready, and then you just, of course, build you know, build these big uh, firing pits or holes or whatever, and then you just move all your pots in there, and while they're cooking, uh, you can do something else. Um, maybe you could work on sewing clothes uh, with this extra leather that you have that you're not having to create these smaller, um, more specialized uh, water skins or whatever, what have you. Uh, hope I explained myself well there. Um... <clears throat> Now, again, this is all for the earliest period stuff. Uh, you would, of course, have to make sure um, they're drying out while you're firing them. You'd have to make sure that you know, something happens. Um, but, again, once it gets to the stage where you're firing them, you don't need as much uh, labor towards the end of that process. You just need someone literally to keep an eye on them, that kind of thing. Now, in terms of variety, there are three main types of pottery, at least uh, when it comes to American and uh, European terminology. Uh, there is earthenware, stoneware, and porcelain. Now, porcelain's not going to exist until after 20,000 BC, so we won't worry about it much this episode. Uh, but it is developed as kind of an upgrade, an upgraded type of stoneware. Uh, which um, we'll get into in a little bit. But um, in East Asian terminology, um, they don't have a term for stoneware. They don't really make a distinction between uh, earthenware and porcelain either. Um, they use terms that will typically translate uh, into like a low temperature or low fire uh, and then high fire or high temperature uh, type uh, pottery. To distinguish between uh, the two different groups, um, so in modern sources, you'll sometimes see uh, Asian um, terminology used things like, or that can be translated to mean things like uh, proto porcelain or pre porcelain or porcelain esque or porcelain like to differentiate between uh, stoneware. Uh, vessels or items and porcelain vessels and items and then of course earthenware they just refer to refer to that as just like low fire items or things like that <clears throat> now uh, what designates pottery types are the variety of clay 
other minerals or material added um, things like uh, seashells that we mentioned uh, an episode or two ago when talking about uh, that pottery in the Guyanas. Uh, Also, the temperatures used to heat the pottery is very important in terms of what type of pottery is made. Earthenware will typically be made by cooking uh, the clay uh, between 600 degrees Celsius, which is like 1100 degrees Fahrenheit, give or take. Uh, and a lot of the uh, historical pottery that you find was fired somewhere between 800 degrees Celsius, which is like 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and uh, so essentially between 600 and 800 degrees uh, Celsius um, or 1,100 to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit. Typically, that's where you'll see most uh, pottery has been fired in. Um, now, uh, in fact, a lot of clays will not successfully fire above uh, 1,000 degrees Celsius or 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, they'll only be able to do that if they have been treated with certain types of glaze or have maybe had some t- other type of minerals added that kind of, um, I guess, allow it to absorb that heat a little bit better. Now, earthenware also typically contains more varieties of clay, and they'll also have more minerals like quartz and feldspar, uh, whereas stoneware um, does not. Earthenware is kind of like, earthenware is the primary type of pottery that you'll see in most of the world. Uh, In fact, it was the only type made in Europe until around the 1700s. Uh, and of course porcelain was only really produced in East Asia until uh, well East Asia and I think some parts of India also technically had what could be considered porcelain as well though they did not begin creating their own porcelain until a little bit later than uh, they did in East Asia usually China um I should also point out that um, most people who are using any type of clay bricks in any capacity, even up to today, are using bricks made kind of via that earthenware designation or distinction. All clay bricks are essentially earthenware bricks. Now, stoneware is fired at uh, between 1100 degrees Celsius, which is around 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, and 13,000 degrees Celsius, or uh, 2,300 degrees Fahrenheit. And as you can tell from the temperature, this means that stoneware is usually glazed or had material added to it that earthenware does not, so that can survive that level of heat. Now, stoneware, like earthenware, is invented at a couple different places independently, but it isn't very widespread at this season's time frame. Uh, in fact, it's possible that true stoneware doesn't even really emerge until after this season's endpoint, 4000 BC. However, uh, the glazing process and technology used to reach temperatures that are high enough to make stoneware uh, are definitely being experimented with. Uh, they're, they're getting there, at least um, uh, by the end of our season. Um, 
and I think, of course, again, I've always been of the opinion that the earliest example we find of something is not necessarily the oldest example that we're gonna that ever existed. So I do think it's possible that some very early uh, prototypes of stoneware were being made uh, around 4000 BC. But of course, um, again, it's in small enough numbers uh, and of you know at a very limited low you know uh, number of places that it's just not going to show up in the archaeological record. It's only around 3,000 BC or so that you begin to see stoneware made at a, at a high enough um, uh, numbers that it begins to make an impact in the archaeological record. Um, also, um, there is one other thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, yes, uh, the glazing process and technology used to reach temperatures that high. Uh, again, they're being experimented with. Um, I didn't need to go over what glazing is. Um, glazing is kind of that glassy coating on ceramics uh, that you'll see. Uh, it makes it either look glassy or plasticky in some cases. Um, and it is used not just for decoration but also to ensure that the item is impermeable to liquids. Uh, and also, it helps keep um, uh, things from uh, diluting the clay. Uh, it keeps it pure, essentially, from you know things that um, might cause the clay to be, be very poor quality once it becomes pottery. Um, so... Uh, that is what the purpose of glazing is. Um, now, you'll see a lot of stoneware typically is much more glossy and plasticky than, of course, um, uh, earthenware and, of course, porcelain. It all is uh, kind of has that kind of glassy hue to it. Uh, stoneware tends to be much darker and uh, opaque. Uh, whereas porcelain tends to be much lighter, usually white. Um, it is what people typically think of. Um, but uh, that that is uh, that is kind of the designation between them. Uh, I'll go into more detail on porcelain later, but again, it's not showing up uh, this season. Um, <clears throat> uh, now, also, the ability to reach higher temperatures is also something that helps with the invention and development of metallurgy, which is going to be the subject of another episode. Um, I don't know if there's quite enough to do one for this season. It might be something that emerges uh, late enough to be included for the next season, but um, just keep in mind that uh, all cultures who develop you know, really skilled metallurgists, um, they dev also have you know, at least decently skilled uh, potters as well, though not all cultures who develop pottery develop metallurgy, uh, and there are reasons for this that we will, of course, dive into. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the high points with pottery uh, that I wanted to go over. Um, it's everything I was able to think of that would kind of be important to talk about, at least at this period. Um, of course, there are items that are not that is technically pottery that is not used for storage or any, again, active practical purpose. Uh, 
again, the earliest use of ceramics in Europe, those Venus figures, um, these are, well, most people assume that they are, you know, some type of religious or spiritual uh, purpose, although, again, there are the people who say that it was a type of kind of pornographic uh, enterprise, but, uh, again, I don't, I don't really buy that, um, uh, buy that idea, though um, it is possible, I will say, that perhaps, uh, uh, the kind of sexual aspect of that could be tied into uh, the religion of that. There might not be quite the distinction at that point in time to those people. Um, <clears throat> but yes, yeah, so um, you'll find that there are a number of artifacts uh, that are technically pottery based on those definitions, of course, that we went over at the start of the episode. Uh, and this is true today for things that you would look at and not immediately recognize as quote-unquote pottery. And that's also where the term ceramic uh, kind of emerges, um, you know, uh, technically kind of a very big overlap between those type of uh, those terms. So, um, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of the highlights. I think that's everything I needed to, or at least wanted to go over. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting some point or two, and if you guys have any questions about that, if you uh, would like me to go into a little bit more detail on something else, uh, please let me know. You can, of course, email me at waradrevpod at gmail.com. You can also direct message me on Twitter slash X. Uh, you can also comment on any of my YouTube videos. Um, of course, there you are uploaded there, uh, the same as on the audio uh, episodes. Um, almost to 100 subscribers there, so if you would be inclined uh, and have the time, please drop by there and drop a subscribe there. Um, also, I do stream occasionally, um, play some games uh, on YouTube as well. I'm, I'm thinking of also starting up streaming on another platform as well just to kind of see how that will go but uh, you're also able to drop in and chat there so if you have any live questions you'd like to ask uh, I'd be glad to take a look at that sort of thing so yeah um, next week I think I'm going to go ahead and do the uh, domestication talk about more plants uh, that are beginning to uh, become domesticated and emerge you probably are aware of some of them already uh, they've already been mentioned um, but, of course, we will uh, go over that next week. Uh, probably. Yeah, might do something else. We'll see. It'll depend on um, how much research I can get done. But uh, plants might be a large episode. That might be a two-parter. Uh, same, same kind of thing for animals. But um, uh, we got some other stuff coming up. And then, um, then we'll, of course, go back and start going over developments in Africa uh, happening in our time frame and we'll be going from there so uh, thank you all for joining me I hope you have liked this episode again any questions or feedback or constructive criticism please let me know at the places I have mentioned I hope you all have had a great uh, holidays and new year and I hope you will continue to have a good one thank you all for joining me I'll see you all next time. Thank you. Goodbye.